It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals play host to the Ravens again on Wild Card Weekend. We've watched the tape. What happened on Sunday that tells us what might happen next week? You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko with your host James Rapine joined today by Mike at Bengals underscore Sands Santagata as we get into some film takeaways and projections as the Bengals have a rematch coming up on Sunday. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals coming to you free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So as we get going for these playoffs, Make sure you hit the follow button on your audio platform or subscribe on YouTube so we're delivered to your devices every time we upload our content. And today's episode of Lockdown Bengals brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. You can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 right now with Prize Picks with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Guys, let's get started with the offense. There's been a lot of speculation on Bengals Twitter about how vanilla. The Bengals may or may not have been on Sunday, especially on the offensive side of the ball where things were not clicking on all cylinders, which they really mostly were in the second half of the season. This obviously with comments from guys in the locker room from Brian Callahan about how the team was cognizant of the fact that there was a likely rematch coming does make some sense. So thinking about what we might see next weekend, and, and keeping that context in mind, Mike, was your takeaway that the offense was in some ways hiding things? Yes, but I think it was interesting because it wasn't just uh, we're only just going to throw go balls and slants, um, although I guess that does kind of lend itself to – I think they, they played the week's one through uh, four, one through five passing offense. The, there was stuff that I haven't seen in weeks. The Zeus concept I posted on Twitter, it's a deep out um, from number two, the sec- the slot receiver, and a short in from the furthest out receiver. And they were terrible at that during the season so far. So then they ran that. It actually worked, uh, which is interesting. They ran Haas wide juke a few times and i thought that was interesting because i haven't seen that in a while but what i didn't see was drive sale uh levels a lot of the concepts that i come to think of with the Bengals offense as it got rolling so does that mean there's still stuff that overlaps everybody's going to run you know 
lion dragon those are just slant flat double slant stuff everybody runs that stick everybody runs that so like that stuff stays although they didn't do their their motion stick flat the way i like that they run stick sometimes it's like a jet motion to get that flat route instead of just asking a guy to do it um but yeah i i I thought it was interesting because it wasn't like overly vanilla which i think is the take on twitter it was kind of like what they used to do um and i don't know if that was like a let's lull the Ravens into thinking this is still the passing offense or if it was a little bit of, you know, the, they could find that stuff, but we're not going to give it to them. Um, I don't know. So I thought it was interesting and they still were able to get some shots. Uh, Burrow just missed. Otherwise they were scoring 30 plus this game. That part of it is interesting. And you mentioned that and they played week five. So do you just give the Ravens what they saw week five again, despite what they were, looking at on film leading up to that game. And then this week you can throw out or throw at them all of those concepts, because if so, I like it. Sign me up. That's the ultimate way. Not only did they win the game because their defense is awesome, which I'm sure we'll get to, but they get to to unveil all of these other things that, yeah, the Ravens might've seen on tape, but they haven't gone up against yet because that's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate play by Zach Taylor, if that's the case. That's what I saw. I I do hate that they kind of blew their load on that fake screen. I thought that was that could have been a whole week long setup of throwing all those screens and then like first play of the game next time <laughs> go deep. Feel like it would have worked. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe the Ravens would have slow played it. I don't know. But uh, that that felt like uh, you know like a revolver. You got like six shots. It's like ah, we blew one. We still got five more, but <laughs> we we blew that one and missed the touchdown. Um, yeah, I that's what I think it was on through the air. I think the ground game was fascinating because they did stuff. I haven't seen them do this year. It wasn't like just running the zone under center and duo from the shotgun that they used to do. Now they have all that other stuff, all that shotgun run game. That's pretty diverse. They did everything and they did stuff. I haven't seen before. They ran crunch. One of my favorite concepts it's uh, wham combined with trap and the Ravens. They had no idea what was going on. And it was like a six yard gain. The only person who knew what was happening was uh, Roquan Smith made the play and then they also got in the pistol that was actually for the crunch play they got in pistol mm-hmm. haven't seen them do that before and they ran tackle power i was fascinated by that they normally pull the guard they pulled the tackle that wasn't injury related they pulled jonah instead of cordell so i they usually just pull cordell for that play uh so i was just fascinated by the run game and how they used concepts they don't use but it was concepts that i didn't even know they practiced so that was fascinating. The passing offense to me felt very much like a, we're just going to run the stuff that they think that they know we run because why give them, why give them some of the answers that you get to now? Like they could find it if they search for it. Like I know some of those concepts, but you know, maybe they just think this is the offense. Well, let's not oversimplify, right? Like yeah, it's giving yeah. them firsthand experience. They're still watching the tape of the last of eight games or watching the tape of even the quarter of Buffalo football that didn't count for anything. Right. So like they're, they're still going to be aware of what the Bengals are doing differently. And I just think that why give them that firsthand experience? Why let them feel it in their muscles and get that muscle memory or that recognition, live recognition of, of some of these things that they might do in the playoff game instead of just, you know, showing them things they've already seen. It seems like there was, based on what you're telling us, a, a conscientious effort to show them the same stuff, not to give them experience seeing some of these different things that they've evolved into the season. I do want to talk a little bit more about Pistol. Um, also, there was one play 
where the, the post to Jamar Chase that, that ends up underthrown because there's a lineman in his lap. They ran that exact same play against Tampa. So that's one passing concept that obviously has has lasted later into the year, that little play action uh, against Tampa. It was checked down. This time it, it goes deep, and it just seems like they can't really get that post unless they get a little bit better protection. The uh, post for, is, for Joe is, the, is the alert on right, that. Exactly. So somebody has to basically mess up. <laughs> for that also quarters versus tampa quarters you do yep. get a good chance at throwing that post because the they're going to match that guy vertically without help a mm-hmm. lot of times um that's just the, the the yankee concept with the post and the over route that they've run that for a long time so I, I i guess that is something they still get to but it is something in my mind that's like that still if you think of the venn diagram with the old passing offense and the right. new one that one's in the middle it's in both for sure let's talk a little bit about the pistol stuff because I was also fascinated by this sudden emergence of showing a couple pistol looks. If you're really trying to catch them off guard in the run game, you would probably hold that. So maybe it's what look are we going to get when we show pistol? What kind of things can we build off of it? Because you're right, there, there were some plays in the run game in particular, obviously the two pistol snaps for running plays that they didn't really show this year can you can you build rpo stuff off that what kind of play action game do you think they can build off that what kind of other stuff do you think that they could they could throw in there as a wrinkle if they choose to go back to pistol next week yeah the quick pistol rundown for pros and cons pros yeah you can throw rpos off that because bro can keep his eyes on the defense doesn't have to take the snap and then open turn and fake a handoff like he does for under center but you get to run different run concepts because the running backs behind you rather than on your side um i like it uh, it, I've always thought this was where the offense maybe should go a little bit, but they never seemed to be interested until this last Sunday. The cons, and this is why I don't think they like doing it that much, running back and pass protection, he starts at like nine yards of depth, and that's further back than when you're under center and definitely further back than when you're in normal shotgun because now your running back pass protection is probably a little worse or it's at least more difficult. You also can't get that running back on out into the routes that well. Like he's almost a dead player if he's not running the ball. He's not, but like you think – when you're about nine yards deep, you got to get nine yards just to get to the line of scrimmage instead of what, five, five and a half when you're in shotgun to get to the line of scrimmage, almost double that distance is a little bit less, but uh, you think of that and you can see why teams don't love doing it because you want to get your running back either out into the route or in the pass protection and doing this makes it difficult really for either one. But when it comes to, you know, diversifying your run game a little bit, maybe they want to run some stuff that, they haven't run before, like that crunch play. You can run that from shotgun, but everything's better usually when you are able to have the running back behind you because you can go either way on every concept. Um, Bill Belichick actually talked about this before, but when you're in shotgun, there's only so many runs you could run. If you're running zone, it's probably away from the back, and if you're running power plays, it's probably towards the back, but that one I could actually go either way running. Basically, a lot of teams just like to do the zone and zones away from the back. So you set your three technique away from the back. So it makes that difficult. Uh, Bengals have a pretty diverse shotgun run game, but it's even more diverse than getting the pistol. So that's quick pros, cons of it. I would like to see it. I don't know if this is just a wild knuckleball they're throwing at them to have to get prepared for, and then they just don't use it because they don't practice that. But I don't know. They, they look pretty good doing it. I'll say that. I didn't think they look sloppy executing out of the pistol. Up next, let's – Stick with the offense because, of course, why wouldn't we? And switch gears a little bit. Talk about the trenches. Akima Deneji's first start of the season and Alex Kappa. How big of a loss 
is it for the Bengals? We'll dive into that topic next. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals brought to you by TurboTax as we get to tax season. And you can go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. You can meet with an expert who will do them for you. Their experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you. So you can do not taxes. You can show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring they're done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Go to, go to TurboTax.com and don't do your taxes. You can visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. We've all thought about becoming an NFL GM, leading a franchise, and well, you can with our new partner, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. You can hire the right coaches and coordinators, trade players, make draft picks, all receivers, no trench players, and Sands would hate that, and you can do it all as you navigate through free agency and the draft, the ups and downs of a season as you try to guide your team to a championship. I've played this game. I love it. You're going to as well. And Locked On Bengals listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all capitals. Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Promo code Locked On. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. You know, outside of just the scheme tendencies we saw from the Bengals in this game, another factor that I talked about yesterday that I expect will bounce back will be Joe Burrow. And I think we need to talk about that offensive line as well, James, as you mentioned. But let's just talk a little bit about Joe Burrow's game. It looked like he was not as sharp as he normally was. And Mike, from your perspective, I just wanted to get, you know, your impression. Did you did you think that it was and I, I thought there were a couple times that he was a little bit and let's just use a term that we always use. He got got a couple of times uh, by some defensive looks, some deception from the Ravens. But other times it looked like it was just him missing throws he doesn't usually miss. What was your thought? What was your takeaway on Joe Burrow? And what do you expect based on that uh, in, in the rematch? To be honest, I, I mostly just thought he played poorly, although I do think he got got the protection got got a couple of times, but not super often. Take it to one specific one that I think – we had a lot of discussion about uh, not together, but on Twitter uh, with uh, uh, Adenji kicking inside on a blitz. Um, I, I mean, I think that for the most part, it was him not playing that well. Uh, I do think there's instances of nobody's open and whether you want to blame that on the scheme or not, that's up to you. I, I think that, the Ravens defensive backs did a really good job in this game and the, and just in general, I thought they did a good job. I don't know if that can hold for another game with a slightly different offense, but who knows? I, to me, it was mostly Burrow not playing well. And I know he escaped those sacks and he did the no look pass and he did all that cool stuff. He also just missed guys. He, he missed the fake screen go touchdown. He missed the post route for the touchdown. And that came with pressure. Um, he missed, just in general, I felt like he was just off, missing. And then, yeah, like you said, he did 
the offense got caught a few times. I don't know if it was so much him as much as it was just they knew, or at least they got in good position for what the Bengals were running. He torched the Ravens last year. Obviously, they have a new defensive coordinator. Things have been different. They scored 17 points in the first matchup, losing in Baltimore. And then we saw the offense the other day. How do you expect Joe Burrow to, and what do you expect them to do on, on Sunday from finding a way to get him comfortable so where he's hitting those throws? Is it is it a lot of those same concepts? Do you think they completely go back to what they were doing against Buffalo and, and early against New England and, and in the, the second half of Tampa? I mean, they've been kind of up and down now for about a month, and I know they've won all of those games, um, but uh, – what do you expect to see on offense specifically from Joe Burrow before we dive into the offensive line? Yeah, I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be all fireworks. It's hard to project that um, because I think this Ravens defense is pretty good. They are good. But yeah, I do think that they'll be better. I mean, I just, I think when you run the concepts that have been working a lot better, that they execute better against this defense, this defense isn't, it's not the 2000 Ravens. It's, it's a good defense, but to me, they should be able to score on them. I don't think they're that much better than they're not better than new England's defense to me. Uh, they were able to score on new England, move the ball. It's a little different, but uh, yeah. Uh, so from what I see, I, I think the offense should be fine, but I don't think it'll be as many. I don't think it'll be the fireworks that some fans are probably hoping for. Is this the best defense that they'll assuming they face so if they win they're probably going to play buffalo and then if they win that you assume they play kansas city this is the best of those three defenses fair to say yes um the one defense that isn't even that great that gives me a little bit of concern is the Chargers, just because they have bosa and mac and yeah we've seen the spangles offense against elite pass rushers yeah and, and Baltimore doesn't really have those, but they were able to get a fair amount of pressure on Joe Burrow, uh, a good transition here, because, you know, I think I share the opinion that, that you guys have that Joe Burrow and this offense should bounce back and should have a different plan and should look different with a full week of hopefully clear-minded preparation. And we'll keep our eye on D. Higgins' health as Dave Lapham, of course, is talking about a hit pointer uh, on the radio. So we'll see what happens there. And that that would be a big a big deal that we'll monitor this week. But Two new starting offensive linemen. Hakeem Adenergy, of course, will repeat at right tackle, and I thought he was pretty good in pass protection, which is kind of what I thought might happen when we talked about this before. It was like, well, maybe the pass protection is similar in terms of frequency of pressure, and, and the run game loses something. But now Alex Kappa very likely to miss the postseason as well with Max Sharping stepping up. What What is the expectation level there? What, what are they losing without – Cap and, and what are you expecting from a Denergy the rest of the way? The first thing you just have to get out of the way is this offensive line was still gelling. Um, and whenever you have two new pieces, when you have one new piece, I feel like, you know, <clears throat> the rising tide lifts all the ships. Oh, now you got two pieces, so the tide's not as high. Uh, you know, Alex Cap was able to kind of bring a play up. I do think a played well, like better than I assumed he would play. Like, I think this was this would be in the upper echelon of Lowell Collins games this season in pass protection, if not the best one, because he's also not falling down after he gets to his spot. Eventually, you know, he's actually holding his blocks for the most part. I, I counted two clean losses. And then there's some handful of reps that maybe, you know, win loss. It, 
whatever. But he had a lot of wins too. Like I, a lot of actual like dominant type wins. I was surprised. Uh, but Kappa to me has been their best offensive lineman. I think Ted Karras actually brought it up, but Ted Karras, he might be the most consistent, but he also deals with a slightly, to me, a slightly easier job. Um, just because they get a lot of these four down fronts and he's not one-on-one with Kalias Campbell. He's usually giving help in that situation or picking up a linebacker. Um, so you lose Karras's, uh, uh, sorry, you lose Kappa, Kappa's ability to take on a Kalias Campbell, or Justin Matabike one-on-one and not even worry about that side. Now you have Max Sharping there. You're probably just going to, even if you think he can handle what is on his plate, you're probably going to at least think of it for like a split second of like, this isn't Kappa, you know, like let's maybe not trust him one-on-one with Kalias Campbell. Let's give him some help. But now you're leaving Cordell Volson a little naked on the other side. And he did not play well in the game, which was, I think, to me, almost as big of a concern as um, the Max Sharping of this. Because Max Sharping in Houston, I thought, was high-end backup, low-end starter type. Like, I don't think you're going to get Jackson Carmen here uh, with, like, a very low floor type of player. Uh, but we'll see. I, I think, I think sharpening should be fine. I just think Kappa was good. So you're going from good to fine. Mm-hmm. And it's also probably worth noting that sharpening was behind Volson, like in terms of he's played left guard. And if they thought that he was better than Volson, he could have had a chance to take that job over at some point. And he didn't. And so they'll, they'll have to balance that for sure with Justin Matabike and Kalias Campbell, both really good interior players. And they put in, Adafe Oa on the inside, that nasty spin move on oh, Volson. That, that's that the first got. thing I think of when he said he was inside. I was like, yeah, yeah. He, he was inside. And, <laughs> and, and, there, and there were a, full, a few snaps of that that the Bengals will have to be ready for. Um, James, you want to jump in here before we, we transition yeah, to the defense? I think they always put Sharping at right guard since he got here. Now, that doesn't okay. mean he can't play other spots, but I just think that that was kind of the plan, which makes sense because when you can – uh, say the words Jackson Carmond, and everybody <laughs> listening knows what you're talking yeah. about. Makes a ton of sense why you would put Max Sharping there. So we'll uh, we'll continue the pod, but first I have to tell you about daily fantasy the way it should be, and that's Prize Picks. You've heard us talk about Prize Picks for quite some time, and the NFL playoffs are here. Doesn't mean Prize Picks stops. Prize Picks is going strong what you do with prize picks is you pick two to five players and whether they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projections and you can win up to 10 times your money all you have to do now is go to prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app entries can be made in 60 seconds or less so it's not a, a ton of time that you're spending and you can win big so download the app or go to prizepicks.com sign up today and use promo code locked on to get a 100 instant deposit bonus up to $100. So they'll match it if you deposit on 100. If you deposit 50, they're going to match it with promo code locked on. Again, don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up at prizepicks.com or in the PrizePix app. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Let's talk about the defense, guys. Mike, we were talking about this in DMs a little bit before, and you said you were surprised that James and I gave the game ball to Trey Hendrickson. What? I, I defended I defended what? the reasoning Surprised? Here, but, but Mike thought that Jesse Bates was the best player on the defensive side of the ball on oh Sunday. And I was Mike's going to make me be mean to Jesse. Even I was nodding good. along as you were like, I think we both know who deserves this game. I was like, <laughs> Jesse Bates. <laughs> And, and here is my defense, was that I hadn't watched, and I still haven't watched the, the Mike's tape wrong. on the defense. So Mike gets to tell Wait, us ahead. about what he saw from Jesse Bates. But on TV, you never get to see the safeties until the ball is downfield. And Jesse Bates Trey, made two really good plays in this game. Trey Hendrickson didn't get a ball thrown right to him like it was a punt. Mike, well, that, that's like ahead. only part of it. I'm, I'm sure Mike will tell us. I'm just going to explain the virtues that's, of yeah, Jesse really Bates. Sack, but you have to I was getting too. my jab in before he, he delivers these haymakers. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> haymakers, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Anthony Brown could really test Jesse Bates too, too well. I mean, it's Anthony Brown. But, uh, <laughs> um, well, he had the pick, obviously. And that, yes, it was thrown to him, but he actually put himself in a good spot there. I When I watched it on TV, I thought it was a too high thing, and he just kind of sat there. I was like, what the heck? But this is actually a single high, and he moved with the crosser, knowing that Anthony Brown would throw it, and then obviously the throw was bad because B.J. Hill got pressure, but he makes the catch. Um, that was kind of a gimme. The strip that he had, I thought, was huge because – was. The, Maybe yep. you think that the Ravens offense wasn't going to tie the game or keep it close or whatever because they're, it's Anthony Brown at quarterback, but they were moving. And that was Sammy Watkins about to put him in the scoring range, at least, if it's not a touchdown, and uh, strips the ball out. That's To me, that came at the perfect moment. I know the Trey Hendricks one, it turned into a touchdown, but – I don't know. I thought the interception getting two takeaways was a huge impact. And then he was just solid all around. Like he made a few run stops that I was really impressed by. They put him in the box because they're playing an offense that they didn't think could really stress them too much vertically. So he got into the box. Sometimes he made some good run stops. I was, I was just overall really impressed with Jesse Bates. I thought he was consistent. And um, to me, it almost felt a little bit, like that Jesse Bates from the playoffs rather than regular yep. season Jesse Bates. You know, he's making plays on the ball. He's forcing turnovers and he's doing the dirty work too, getting down in there and fitting the run. You you called him January Jesse in the article you wrote for, for all Bengals. I stole that from make, Lindsey Patterson. Perfect. Well, then you stole it from Lindsey. Shout out to Lindsey. It's a great nickname, right? You have playoff P, January yeah. Jesse. This is like the NCAA tournament when – NBA owners finally tune in to, to March Madness and they're like, oh my God, Adam Morrison is so good. We got to get him on the team. And th that's what Jesse Bates could do. Not that Jesse doesn't have talent. I'm not saying that. You could go Kemba Walker. He, he's just been all right, right? This year, I don't think he's been great. I think he's he been good. I, I would I, say I, it's better than last year in the race. Fair. Yeah. Last year it felt, I agree. But if he does what he did at last year's playoff run, He's yeah. going to get one. I think they may may end up in Phoenix too. He uh, he's certainly going to get paid, paid, paid. And one of these owners is going to look and be like, "Man, January Jesse." Heck, they may they may hashtag that or something when he ends up wherever he ends up. But uh, he can make a lot of money. Is my point. He has a, as much incentive as anybody on this team to ball out over the next four or five weeks. 
What else did you see, Mike, from the defense that you think is translatable to the wild card game? For me, the trench matchup was one of the biggest things. Only Kevin Zeitler, as far as I know, was resting for that Ravens offensive front. And I thought that the ends in particular, Osai, Hubbard, and, and Hendrickson, were all pretty solid to really, really good, depending on which player you're talking about. Hendrickson being the, the upper end of that, certainly, with, with his 18 snaps. But was there anything else that you think translates to the potential return of either Lamar Jackson or or Huntley? Sure. Um, the interesting thing that I still don't think everybody knows is, and they got to their odd their odd front, their 5-2, 3-4 type look, but they really like to play that even front 4-3 base against the Ravens because they do all that read stuff. You want more guys that are flowing with that and can fit it that way rather than on the line of scrimmage and being kind of washed and can't flow from, let's say, left tackle all the way over top of the right tackle. So I think they'll play more of that 4-3, especially if Lamar plays. But even if it's Huntley or Anthony Brown, the Ravens like a specific type of quarterback that can run that offense. Um, I don't know if everybody knows that. They've been doing that since 2019, I think. Whenever Lou got here, they started they started that 3-4, but then they also started playing the 4-3 against the Ravens specifically. I also think that uh, – can, can, still- can I ask a quick – clarifying question there when the Bengals go four three is it the same personnel that they're using in base in their five two or are they actually bringing a third traditional oh, they, off they bring linebacker Akeem Davis Gaither on okay. the field and kick off one of the defensive tackles so uh Zach Carter I guess off and Akeem Davis Gaither on mm-hmm. um but yeah that I think that'll be interesting I think they still want to get to their nickel plenty I think they'll still do some pressures, which they still got to against Anthony Brown. Um, and they, they showed some interesting, they showed some looks that they, that they have used against Tampa is the one I'm thinking of because they ran that five Oh Logan Wilson over the center and then four down defensive linemen. And then they stunt two of them to the left. And then the other guy loops all the way around. That's how they got the strip sack on Tom Brady. The three man stunt, right? Yep. They ran that again. They didn't get a sack, but I thought it was interesting because I don't think the defense held back as much as I thought the offense tried to do some stuff that was like, we're going to kind of play a little coy and try to, you know, just not show absolutely everything. I think they showed stuff, but they didn't show everything. Defense, I thought they didn't care. They were just showing whatever. And I also don't think it'll be the same game plan if it's Lamar or even Huntley. Right. That's exactly it, right? Is there's going to be a totally different idea depending on a different quarterback, right? Yeah, I just think it's interesting to show the blitz path um, if you're hiding things that I felt like to me yeah. that that might have been something I would have saved because you're, you're still going to pressure those guys. They love pressuring Lamar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they still yep. do. They were the team that first mm-hmm. did it. And even when Lamar's gotten better against the blitz and that game on what was that? I don't remember if it was Monday night. No, Sunday night, Sunday night football. They they still showed they still showed blitzes. They brought blitzes against Lamar when he played. So I think it's interesting. I do think that. um they show some stuff, but it is different when you play Lamar. And the, the familiarity, like they, they face this Luana Rumo defense now four yeah. times. And and so that was the the fourth time where it's like this version where they're capable of, of keeping Lamar at bay and it's not a Lamar Jackson Madden fest. And so does it matter if it's Huntley or, or Jackson? Sure, I'm sure it'll be a bit different, but no Mark Andrews makes it tough too. J.K. Dobbins doesn't really change anything, but that was – you know, certainly a topic of conversation, but I think it's going to be Huntley or, or Lamar for sure. You're not yeah. going to see uh, Brown out there again. And so you're going to have to go out there and do do what they've done the past four times, really. Because if you hold them to under 20, 
you feel good about it. And they've, they've done that the past four times. Correct. Yeah, they have. So. Yeah. The, the 17 point loss, 17, 19 loss in week five, certainly an anomaly for this Bengals team, especially of late where they've shown the ability to get it done against pretty good defenses and uh, the Ravens, you know, what we saw from them and we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. This is before an injury report or anything like that, but you know, the big difference uh, I would say that we saw with the Ravens is the, the team speed they have on defense is something that I think gives the Bengals a little bit of problems, especially in the running game. And they're just really good at tackling. Uh, I know that Jamar Chase ran through a couple, but it was a pretty impressive tackling performance from the Ravens and Roquan Smith uh, for, for all the extracurriculars that, that went on did play a pretty good game between the whistles or, or before the whistle, I should say as well, because you know, fast, good player for the Ravens that, that they added to that second level. So he, he got Jamar's attention for sure. Yeah. For a number of reasons, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that as the week goes on as well. The big takeaway for me r- regarding Roquan Smith is, and this is really simplifying it, don't let him get in your head uh, because I bet you he's going to try to next week. Anyway, guys, uh, Mike, appreciate it. As always, great insight here as we take some lessons from the Week 18 tape and apply them to the wild card game and some things we might expect there as we await injury reports for guys like T. Higgins and Lamar Jackson on the Ravens side of things. And we'll keep an eye on that throughout the week. We've got crossover Thursday coming your way for our next episode as Kevin Ostriker from Lockdown Ravens will be back with us then. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.